story starts somewhere. In this podcast, we'll take you to the four corners of Ireland, from craggy cliffs and bare-topped hills, to bog-drowned fields and sacred wells. Who knows where we'll end up? In the 1930s, the National Folklore Commission asked school children all over the country to collect stories and folklore in their local area. Thousands of children went home to their parents, grandparents and neighbours and gathered tales of the past from their elders. These were local tales about magical hills, miraculous lakes and life-saving wells dotted across the landscape. These stories formed the basis for our adventure. But come with us now as we join our storyteller. I wonder where we'll begin today. This is where the story begins. Hello, and welcome to Where the Story Begins. My name is Emily Collins, and today we will be exploring Tory Island. Tory Island is a small island off the northwest of County Donegal, and until recently was the only place in Ireland where you could find a king. The king of Tory Island is the only extant kingship remaining within Ireland, and the title of king of Tory Island dates back as far as at least the 6th century, though possibly much, much further. The kingship of Tory Island, though, isn't an inherited title. Ancient Irish law declares that kingship cannot be inherited father to son. So the process of selecting a king is a mixture of election, birthright and a bit of sheer damn luck. The last king of Tory Island was Patsy Dan Rogers, who sadly passed in 2018. Since his passing, no new king has been nominated. So if anyone is looking to try their hand at monarchy, maybe head up to Donegal, catch the ferry to Tory Island and try your luck. The role of King of Tory Island involves being a representative of the island to outsiders. And it's said that King Patsy used to personally greet each and every visitor who arrived on the ferry. But in the story I'm going to tell you, well, it involves a King of Tory Island who was far less personable than King Patsy. You see, I'm going to tell you the story of the birth of Lou. Long, long ago, long before the humans, the mortals, came to Ireland, it was home to two magical peoples. These peoples had once been one people, but they had divided. They became the Tuare Danann and the Fomorian. The Tuare Danann, well, they were seen as the people of light and of craft, and they lived on the mainland. The Fomorian. Well, they were the people of chaos and darkness. Seagoers who lived on the islands scattered about Ireland. But they would regularly go on raiding parties, raiding the mainland. And when they raided, they took two thirds of everything. Two thirds of your wealth. Two thirds of your crops. Two thirds of your children. The Tuare Danann had tried battling against the Fomorian. But the Fomorian, they had a leader. They were led by Balor. Balor, king of Tory Island. Balor of the Baleful Eye. 
When Balor was young, he had once spied on the Druids, hoping to learn their secrets. He sat on the roof, spying on them through the chimney hole. And as they were brewing a particularly noxious concoction, the fumes flew up and hit Balor full in the face. And there he grew, his baleful eye. The baleful eye of Balor. The gaze of it was so poisonous that if he even looked at you, you would be struck down dead. And this turned out quite useful for Balor. It became his weapon of war. Any time he went into battle, all he had to do was open his baleful eye and his enemies would fall before him. But there was a prophecy. A prophecy made by Balor's own wife, Kathleen of the Crooked Teeth. She prophesied that Balor would never be slain in battle, except by one hand. The only person who could slay Balor would be the son of his daughter, Ethlin. Now, when Balor heard this prophecy, Ethlin had no children. She was, she was a child herself. And Balor did consider just killing his daughter. But even he couldn't quite bring himself to do that. So he decided he would lock her away. He would lock her in a tower of glass in the middle of the sea. She would be guarded over by twelve waiting women under strict instructions never to let her see a man. Never to let her even know what men were. And that way, she would have no children. And so it was done. Balor of the Baleful Eye erected a great tower of glass in the middle of the sea. He sent his daughter there with her twelve waiting women. And Ethlin grew up. She grew into a beautiful woman, but a lonely woman. She knew there was something she wasn't being told. There was something out there she wanted. She just didn't know what it was. Meanwhile, back on the mainland, there was a man of the Tuare Danon called Kian. And Kian? He had a cow. No ordinary cow. He had the glass gowan. To begin with, this cow was the colour of the sea. But more importantly, no matter how much you milked it, it would always give more milk, and the milk was the sweetest, creamiest milk. This cow was Kian's pride and joy, but word of it soon made its way to Balor. When Balor heard about this amazing cow, he wanted it. And what Balor wanted, Balor took. For Kian, this was the final straw. The Fomorian, they could come over here, they could take the crops, they could take the children, but they could not take his cow. He decided he was going to go meet Balor, sort this thing out once and for all. But as he travelled up north to find Tory Island, he met a woman, a druidess called Birog. And Birog told him, Kian, if you go up against Balor, He's just going to open his baleful eye and you'll be dead. Story over. But if you follow me, do as I say and are prepared to wait a little bit. Oh, we'll see that giant fall. And Kian, given that he didn't really have much of a plan himself, agreed to follow Birog's plan. The first thing Birog did was put him in a disguise. 
she dressed him up as a woman. Then the two of them got into a little boat and sailed up to the Tower of Glass. They knocked on the door, claimed that they had been shipwrecked and begged for a little shelter. Now, the twelve waiting women, well, they had been stuck on this island with only each other for company for over twenty years and they were just desperate for a new face to look at. So they invited the two in happily. And Biroke, well, she set about making everyone a lovely cup of tea. And as soon as the twelve waiting women drank the tea, they fell deeply asleep. Kian, he tore off his disguise, he went up the stairs, and the minute Kian saw Ethlin, and Ethlin saw Kian, well, the two fell deeply in love. But they only had one night together. Kian had to leave before he was discovered, and Ethlin was left again alone for about nine months after which she gave birth to a baby, a beautiful little baby boy. And when Ethelin held her child in her arms, oh, the sun seemed to shine brighter. Everything seemed well in the world. But Balor soon heard, heard his daughter had given birth, had born a son. In a rage, Balor stormed to the Tower of Glass. He picked up the child. He would not even look at it. He feared if he looked on his grandson, he might love him. With his eyes shut, he cast the child out into the sea. But Birog, well, she'd been waiting, counting the months. And so she called on the wind. The wind caught the little baby and brought him to Birog. Birog, she named the child. She named him Lu. Lay father, which means Lou of the long arms, because, well, this baby had surprisingly long arms. And Lou would grow up to have other names. He'll be known as Lou Ildonak, Lou the many crafted one. He would become the shining one, the champion of the Tour de Danon. But as to the story about Lou and what he would accomplish, and what would happen when he faced Balor, well, that's a different story. And it takes place on the plain of Moitura. So you're just going to have to wait until we get to explore there. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Where the Story Begins. Brought to you by the National Leprechaun Museum. You can find out more about this story, this place and many others by checking out the website of the National Folklore Collection, ducas.ie. That's D-U-C-H-A-S dot I-E. You can also find out more about this place on loganim.ie, the Place Names Database of Ireland. That's L-O-G-A-I-N-M dot I-E. The National Leprechaun Museum celebrates Irish folklore and mythology through the oral storytelling tradition. You can find us on Jervis Street in Dublin, Ireland and on leprechaunmuseum.ie. Today's Shamfuckle 
Na brish the lorkin er stol nakwil in the clay. Do not break your shin on a stool that's not in your way.